This episode is brought to you by Broad Street Publishing. You can't accomplish anything great for God without taking risks. It takes a bold idea, pushing back the temptation to think all of those bold ideas are just, well, they're just in your head. Lead translator for the New Passion Bible, Brian Simmons. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey, welcome everyone to the Bold Idea Podcast, episode number five. This is Larry Gates and I'm with Armin Asadi. Armin Asadi. That's right. It's doing big things <laughs> with Bold Ideas. We podcast. are doing big things with Bold Ideas and Boy, have we just been so encouraged by all the comments that you all have left on iTunes and Stitcher about our show, and thank you for doing that. We really love to, I mean, that was just encouraging for us, Yeah, just to hear from so What was that people. one that I was freaking out about? It was a guy who started, or maybe it was a girl, I don't know, or a lady, they started, wrote two books and started a cooking show. Yeah. If you're listening, I don't know who you are, but I would love to know who you are. <laughs> Will you please email us, call us. That, that blew us both away. We want to know more about what you have going in your life. Yeah, and if you've started a bold idea or contemplating one or just wrestling with God over one, drop by. Let us know. We want to hear from you. And we want to tell you, we have a great show in store for you today. We're going to talk to Brian Simmons. That's right. And this man is doing something that... 99.99999% of the population would not dare to do, but he's doing it and he's getting traction doing it. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah. He is the lead translator for the Passion Bible, a new translation of the Bible. And now, before you think that this might be one of those shows that <laughs> might be one to just skip over, you do not want to miss this episode because our conversation with Brian is amazing. He is a missionary, a former missionary, linguist, a pastor, a teacher, a church planner in Central America. He was with the Payacuna people of Panama, and just an amazing story about how he got called into that. He had a dramatic conversion in 1971 that just moved him along. He's the founder of Stairway Ministries and the U.S. Director for Harvest Ministries International, a church network of over 20,000 churches, and he's written over a half dozen books. So he knows a thing or two about writing words, but he's also gotten into the Word of God in an amazing way. Now, Armin, you weren't able to be with me on this interview, but we come back at the end of the show here and we share the thoughts that we have about it. So... Let's get into my conversation with Brian. Let's check it out. Well, we have Brian Simmons with us this morning on the Bold Idea Podcast. Brian, welcome. Hey, good to see you or hear from you. Yeah, I'm so glad you're on the show. You know, I have been reading not only the passion translation that you are so intimately involved with, but also just your bio, which is I I love because you are such a eclectic guy. You've done a lot of stuff. Well, we've been busy. <laughs> I'll say you lead your ministry, Stairways Ministries, your U.S. Director of Harvest Ministries. You've written over a half dozen books. You've taken some pretty bold moves in your life, haven't you? Yeah, we have. Maybe it comes from our background. My wife and I were both hippies and came to know Jesus in the 70s. Mm. And that kind of out of the box stuff stayed with us. Yeah, you. I read on your bio, it, it said 
a dramatic conversion in 1971, and then you became a missionary. You know, that scared the bejesus, excuse me, out of me when I when I went to Urbana Bible Conference, oh, so long ago, 1979 maybe. I was just thinking that when I was there that, you know, God's going to call me to the mission field, you know, and I was, I think I was petrified by that idea. And he literally did do that for you, right? Wow. Yeah, he did. You know, right upon the heels of my conversion, I just felt this strong passion and burden that people who'd never heard would hear the gospel. And then, of course, I married a beautiful woman who had that same passion. So that's what propelled us into missions. Yeah. And you didn't go under easy circumstances, from what I understand. Talk about that for a minute. Well, we went to a tribal group. We were part of New Tribes Mission, and they specialize in going where the gospel's never been, indigenous tribal groups. And the Payakuna people that we ministered to, their language had never been written down. It was only a spoken language. They'd never seen a book. They were totally isolated. I I always describe it as 500 miles from the nearest anything. Wow. And we lived in the jungle, bark walls. We drank river water, ate bananas and rice, and then rice and bananas. And you so had, we lived that way for, for over eight years. And you had kids at the time that you took with you to the mission field. Is that right? My wife was pregnant with our youngest, our son, and three kids total. They really enhanced our ministry. The people loved our family and watching us as believers raise our children in front of them. It was not easy, but our kids were part of that. Wow. So you're coming to the Lord and immediately getting the call to become a missionary, a thing that I dreaded. <laughs> you you responded to that. I don't feel like I ever got that call, by the way, but, but you <laughs> responded to that and your wife, pregnant as well, going to a remote, a very remote people group. You had no translation experience. In other words, you had no language experience with them, right? I mean, it's not like you were steeped in their language when you went. No, there was no Rosetta Stone or Babel lessons for us to learn. We had to just go word at a time until we could speak baby talk. And they would laugh at us, of course, as we attempted to learn their language. They said, our three-year-old speaks better than you. (laughs) Finally, the day came when we could speak Babtumadi Igali. We could give them the word of God, God's Mm. trail, as they called it in their language. And they responded, supernatural miracles took place, and God just confirmed it to them. And virtually an entire village came to know Jesus during the 80s. Wow, that's that's amazing. Now, how long, I'm just kind of curious, how long did it take you when you showed up to when you were able to converse in a meaningful way? I mean, how, how what, what period of time was that? Well, within a year, we could we could have conversations. Uh-huh. And in two years, now this was immersion. We we refused to speak English during that time, uh-huh. just so we could even my wife and I would speak in the language to each other, just so that it would force us to immerse into their dialect. And then within two years, we were able to begin teaching and preaching from the Word of God as we translated it. Yeah, and so you started on that translation then pretty quickly after. Now, you've got another translation project going on. Talk about that. Well, let's see. About 2009, I had a very unique encounter with the Lord, and he gave me a commission to do this translation project, and I've done my best to be obedient over the last seven-plus years to do that. It's called the Passion Translation, and it's new, dynamic, equivalent translation that 
uh, brings a fresh, contemporary, relevant view to the Word of God, uncovering some of the insights that I've found in the Hebrew and Greek. We also incorporate the Aramaic language, which was the language of Jesus. It's hard to imagine a scholar, a true scholar, ignoring the language Jesus spoke when mm. he taught the parables and the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, it's kind of an oddity. It's a bold idea, believe me, to begin to translate from the Aramaic and bring it into the text. So, yeah, that, that project has been going on, and we're finishing up the book of Revelation. And by the end of this year, a completed New Testament will be available. So we're excited about it. Wow, that, that is great. Now, who is the we in this project? Who are you working with? Well, we're working with Broad Street Publishing. I have a team of editors and some scholars that are my quality control. And I love the fact that my wife is the first editor. She is an editor in her own right, and she does a great job mercilessly tearing up what I do and fixing my grammar and etc. And she just does a superb job with us. So, yeah, we have a great team, very happy and I can stand behind it. I can sleep well at night knowing that we're doing a good job in bringing an accurate translation forward mm. for God's people. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, this is like a bold idea here. I mean, I can't imagine many people wake up one morning and say, gee, I think I'm going to translate the Bible and create a new translation. Well, How did that roll, come to be? They should roll over and go back to sleep <laughs> if you hear that. But in a very unique way, I was given this commission and I don't think I'm the best qualified. I don't have any illusion of grandeur, or I don't feel like uh, what I'm doing is perfect. The only perfect would be the original manuscripts, which we don't have. Mm -hmm. We don't have any of John's original writing of John. We have a translation of a translation of a translation. So, yeah, it, it's it's something that that has been compelling in my life to finish this, and it's wonderful to see the fruit, to see how people are falling in love with reading the Bible again. When did this idea first germinate for you, though? I'm getting the impression that it wasn't just an overnight thing, that you've been nurturing this idea for a while. Is that true? Well, not really. I was a pastor for 18 years in Connecticut, and after turning the church over to a new leadership team, I was asking the Lord what to do, and this desire did, it did in fact rise up in my heart. And I said, Lord, if this is really you, this is either you or a bad joke. If it's you, confirm it. Make it so real to me that I won't doubt because I know how hard it is. Mm -hmm. And he did. Within a week, he confirmed it to me in a very powerful way. So for me, it's obedience. It's mm -hmm. doing what he's told me to do. Did you ever question that along the way? This doesn't seem like it's an easy project. No, I've honestly not. And I know that may sound wild, but when God speaks as clearly as he spoke to me, there's just no getting around it. I love him and I love my life <laughs> and I don't want to lose it by missing what he wants me to do. But uh, yeah, it, it's hard. There have been difficult moments where I've had to cry out to God, especially translating the book of Romans, which is Paul's masterpiece. I knew I had to have supernatural help and God has has helped me. He stood beside me and with me, and his Holy Spirit has helped me. So I'm just so glad to do it. Now, is this your like your primary occupation right now? I mean, I'm using occupation in the literal sense that this is what's occupying you. Or is this one thing that you're kind of working on along with a, a number of other things that are going on in your life? 
Well, I'm a full-time minister. We travel, this last year, we traveled between the two of us over 450,000 miles, air miles. We go to three or four or five nations a year, dozens of cities in North America. So we speak at conferences, I teach schools, etc. But I always have my laptop and my Logos Bible software <laughs> that keeps me going with the translation. So in hotel rooms, even on airplanes, I'm busy working on the translation project. And what have you found, kind of practically speaking, that's kept you keeping this project going? I could see where it could be so daunting, like you were saying, working through the Gospels and, and working through Romans, where maybe it's so difficult to translate and to get the meaning, the essence that you want to convey, that it would be easy to set it aside and do something else. How are you keeping going at it? That's a great question. I, the two things that keep me going, really, is just the conviction that it's obedience, that I'm doing what the Lord has called me to do. I, I don't doubt that. Even when I read a, a critical review, I still don't doubt that the Lord has commissioned me to do it, and it's my love offering to Him. But the second thing that really encourages me and fuels my passion is to read the countless emails and posts on Facebook that tell me how this translation has opened their heart to the Word of God, to study the Scriptures again, to hear the voice of the Lord as they read the Bible. That's just so encouraging. It tells me how even bold ideas, we need encouragers around us. We need those people that believe in our vision and will speak life and encouragement to help us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's take a quick break. I want to dive a little deeper on this questions with you. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. He is admired or ridiculed, embraced or rejected. If you want to provoke controversy, just mention his name, Jesus. So how would Jesus respond to our politically correct culture? Find answers, provocative and practical, in the new book, The Politically Incorrect Jesus, Living Boldly in a Culture of Unbelief. Radio veteran Joe Battaglia exposes the intellectual dishonesty of our politically correct culture and suggests how a person of faith can respond to divisive issues without joining the culture war. The Politically Incorrect Jesus. Get it at retail and online. All right, well, we're back with Brian Simmons, and he is the lead translator for the new Bible translation, the Passion Translation, and what a terrific product you're putting together here. It's coming together in pieces, right? You've worked on the Proverbs and and Psalms, and, and now you're putting together some of the other pieces of that. How's that unfold? Yeah. That's right. The good news is we're virtually finishing. I'm, as of this podcast, I'm in Revelation chapter 12. So as soon as we finish the book of Revelation, it will go through a scholarly review and a deeper editorial process. And then we, we present it to the public by the end of this year. That's awesome. Now you have literally gone through every dot and iota in the original languages, right? In looking at the Bible, at least in the New Testament, right? From beginning to end here. And I've got to believe that there are some surprises there that came out to you. Some things that, that maybe you weren't aware of, you know, when you had looked at the Bible before. Is that right? That's exactly right. And I think the the first thing I'd want to say to our listeners is that a word-for-word translation is virtually impossible. To take Hebrew and Greek and put it into English is a art 
not just a science. Linguistics help to have a grasp of the original languages, of course, helps. But hidden in the text is God's heart, his emotion, his passion. And um, translators have basically been brilliant scholars who have, from their mind, translated. Sometimes they weren't even believers in Jesus Christ. Hmm. But we want a heart-level translation that unveils the heart of God. Just one example that comes to me, if I could share it, mm-hmm. is John 15, where uh, verse 2, I believe it is, where it says that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, I will take away. Well, I looked at that Greek text, and it can be translated differently and totally turns that verse upside down. Do tell. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, I will lift up. Mm. And the implication is the vine dresser will lift up that branch that has become fruitless because it's maybe on the ground. It needs to be lifted up to get nourishment, sunlight. So he tends his vines. He doesn't just cut everybody off in him mm-hmm. that is not fruitful because mm-hmm. we've all had those seasons of our life where we've not been very fruitful. Yeah. So the heart of God has to come through the translation. Yeah, and it sounds like that's kind of what's driving you within, of course, the name of the translation is the Passion Translation. So it sounds like that's the emphasis that you're wanting to bring forth here is God's heart as written in the original languages. Yes, that's exactly right. We don't want to add anything to the Word of God, amen to that. But what about not wanting to leave out things from the Scripture? As I translate, I see so many nuances of flavor that have been left out because of a sterile approach of trying to get an equivalent word in English to one word in Greek, when in fact there are some words you cannot translate word for word. It requires a phrase Mm -hmm. or at least a few words. Yeah. Now, so I'm getting that what surprised you as you went through it was just seeing how deep and rich the heart of God was as you went through it that that may not be reflected in some of the other translations that we're able to read as English-speaking people. What did you learn personally? What maybe surprised you about yourself in coming face-to-face with the deep meaning and richness of God's love in that way? Just the power of the Word of God, how it changes us. I saw it firsthand with how it changed the people in our village where we were missionaries. But to see how it changed me, I definitely know I have become a different person because of this translation. Six hours a day translating, working the text in the Word of God, praying, asking the Lord for his heart and wisdom. It's, I mean, even my wife has noticed it. So it just impacts you, the power of the Word of God. And I feel like many believers have neglected it. We need to come back to the life-giving truth of the Scripture. Yeah. Now, what's the one hope that you have for this project that kind of has been the thing propelling you through all the challenges you've faced with it? I'd like to see people reconnect to Mm. God Mm. through His Word and not see the Scriptures as a textbook, but as a life story of God unfolding His heart to us and to experience His love. There's nothing wrong with using that word experience. We want to discover and experience the love of God in such a way that we become lovers and we love people. We love God supremely. Mm. So that's that's my, my delight. Mm. That's great. 
Now, I imagine a number of our listeners have a project. It may not be a Bible translation project, but it's another project that they're equally in love with and know that God's called them to do it, and yet it's scary. It takes a long time. It has lots of challenges, some of the same attributes you've just described. What would you say to encourage them to keep it their bold idea? Yeah, don't give up. And I, I, for me, again, I come back to the center. Is it God's heart for you to do this? And if it's God behind it, whether it's starting a business, starting a ministry, or just changing the world, is it where God has put you? And do you have a deep conviction that God is behind it? And then when the difficult times, the opposition, the lack of funds or time begin to encroach on that vision, we keep going. We don't give up because we know that the breakthrough is imminent. So yeah, I think just fixing our heart on the source of why we're doing what we're doing and tuning out the distracting voices that will tell us to quit. Hmm. Who do you identify with most in the New Testament? You've gone through all the characters now of the New Testament. (laughs) Who do you think is most like Brian Simmons? Well, wow, that's that's quite a question. Or, or <laughs> let me let me just modify it and say who I would most want to be like. All right, there you go. <laughs> inspires me. I would say John, the beloved, who leaned upon the heart of Jesus, who received the revelation. You know, he was in a penal colony. He was an outcast in exile when he got that revelation. He was mm-hmm. in a cave, mm-hmm. and he still gets the the revelation of Jesus Christ mm. in his hard moment, in his difficult season. So yeah, the, everything about John the Beloved inspires me. Mm. In the Old Testament, it would be David because of his heart after God, his passion to do what God wanted him to do, even though he failed more than once. Yet he killed giants. He brought the glorious ark of God's presence into Jerusalem. He established a kingdom. Amazing man that was a bold risk taker. So I identify with those two biblical figures. Yeah, you certainly have a life that has risk written all over it. Uh, you've been talking to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife, by the way, since, is it true you you met her in the first grade? Come on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I tease her, tell her she chased me around the playground. She doesn't remember it. I don't either, really, but I tease her with it. Yeah, we've grown up in the same school system, same community. Our two families knew each other, and... Yeah, we've just we've got some longevity uh, behind us, 45 years together. She's amazing. Well, let me ask you this. By proxy here, for all of those spouses with husbands or wives who t- tend to take more risk, perhaps, what advice would she give to those that are sharing a journey that's a risky journey for God? Well, I've heard her say it, so I can. I think I can share her word, but... She would just say, don't limit your spouse. Let your faith be mixed with theirs. Double the impact by standing with them. And some of us are timid. Some of us are a little bit more hesitant. Maybe God has brought you into a marriage or into a relationship with someone who is going to enhance that in in making you more bold and more risk-taking. You can't accomplish anything great for God without taking risks. It takes a bold idea and pushing back the temptation to think all of those bold ideas are just, well, they're just in your head, when in fact God can be the inspiration behind those. Wow, that's amazing. And 
you have quite a journey that you and your wife, Candace, have had together is just amazing. And the work that you're doing with the Passion Translation, I just pray that that reaches far and wide, Brian. Well done. I know you are on the finishing touches getting Revelation knocked off, but that'll be fully available of New Testament here in 2017. Now, how can our listeners find out more about your project? Well, our website, thepassiontranslation.com, and our ministry website is stairwayministries.org. And of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and we post regularly. So yeah, we put excerpts from our books and from the translation, make it available for people. Love to have your listeners connect with us. Well, I would too, and we're going to put all of those links in our show notes so that our listeners can get to those very quickly. Brian, thank you for being on the Bold Idea Podcast. You've inspired me to even take more risk, and my wife's going to get even more nervous when she hears this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure. All right. Take care. All right, Armin, that was Brian Simmons. Yeah. (laughs) That story is crazy, Larry. I'll tell you, I think I'm a risk taker. Yeah. You don't sound like it anymore. After oh, no, totally not. I, I definitely have to have Anna listen to this, and, and I'm going to have her say, no, I'm glad you didn't drag me out into the middle of Panama <laughs> where there are no people that speak any English Yeah, and go figure it out. So, so let me tell you my assumptions coming into this. Yeah, go okay. ahead. First yeah. of all, I'm just going to lay all my misassumptions and judgments out there and show what an idiot I am. I heard we're we're going to be interviewing Brian. I I know he's translating the Passion Translation. So here's my thought process. This guy is going to (laughs) be... Scare me with it. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, This guy (laughs) is going to be some uber academic, lived his life in a book Mm -hmm. and a college and a university and he's been dissecting the Bible inside and out. Yeah, and da, 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 yeah talking to you through wireframe glasses. Right. And <laughs> so I, I, I respect that. I admire that. But whatever. Come I mean, on. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was going to be a boring story. Let me just. Okay, sorry. I said it. I thought it was going to be a boring story. And then he comes out talking about, and can I say, why is this not the biggest part of the interview? This guy is talking about being 500 miles away from any form of civilization in a tribal colony with his three kids. Right. Living in the middle of nowhere, totally. eating bananas and rice for eight And rice and years. bananas. Yeah. I mean, come on. We're talking about a passion translation of the Bible. I get it. That's huge. But I think by far and away, it is a bolder step to go and take your family in the middle of nowhere as a missionary family to learn a new language that's never been written and fulfill that call on your life. And everything that came after that is stemmed from that. Yeah. You know, if you're willing to get that uncomfortable with God that you go there to do that, then that to me is the kind of heart that God is looking for to translate his word. 100%. Translate his word because and, you've experienced his word. Yeah, and and you know you've relied on him like Come in total. On. Yeah. yeah, you're for food for not getting killed. I don't even know if were they headhunters down there. I don't even know. Yeah, you know, it took a year living with these people before they could even have a conversation. Speak to them. Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> it's like gosh. wow. 
I was blown away. Yeah, so I know there are missionaries out there that probably do this all the time, but I think just to hear Brian's heart, and you know what I loved about when he started out and talked about that? He said, we're out-of-the-box stuff from the hippie days. You know, that out-of-the-box stuff has stayed with him, right? It must have been the Jesus people. Uh, Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe so. But you know, just that thinking about that, just for a second, yeah. how often do we allow the out-of-the-box stuff to stay with us? Right. Because over the course of time in our lives, don't we often more look to seeing how we think make things more comfortable? Totally. We want to ask God to make things easier for us uh, instead of saying, God, how so can you true. push me even more out of the box? Yeah. And that is bold right there yeah, i mean that's a bold idea totally. right there how do i get even more out of the box i, I, I all i want to do right now is go stand in front of the mirror and trash talk myself <laughs> you whack lame <laughs> sorry excuse of a christian all you're looking for is more comfort man up you little sally i just want to yell at myself yeah. after hearing something like yeah. that you know yeah did you hear the part when he said he didn't think he was the best qualified for the translation he didn't even think what he was doing was perfect yeah but he had the passion to do it and he knew it was his calling and that didn't stop him and how often as he said that i thought how often do i kind of withdraw because i i'm not sure i'm the best qualified for something and i i feel badly about what i'm doing because it's not perfect it was like those are debilitators and for him it's like no i'm just gonna put that right on the table i'm gonna declare it as fact yeah i am not qualified and i'm not doing it perfectly so what yep we're going to do this anyway. That's so bold. Because God's calling me to it. Yeah. It's like especially, especially in Christian faith. If there's anything that's going to tear you apart because you don't fully align with someone else's theology, you will be raked and dragged through the mud because somehow you are some kind of a bad Christian. In the Christian culture, it is a bold move to do that. And knowing you are not qualified going into that. Yeah. You know, for me in this interview, the big surprise was I asked him if this kind of came over time, you know, and I kind of expected that. And he says, no, it actually kind of came in a hurry. That's crazy. And I'm like, wow, you know, and that that really surprised me because he had no sense of ever believing that he wasn't supposed to do that. It came yeah. in a hurry, but when he had it, he had it. Yep. And it's like, Wow, that kind of conviction to follow God. Right. Well, I guess that's what's going to put you in the middle of Panama to begin with. Right. Right? Yeah. So, wow, what a great interview and a lot of takeaways, I think. If you want to stimulate your bold idea, man, Brian Simmons' life is a testimony to just saying, hey, I can trust God with what seems to be the most scary things in my life. Absolutely. And I know this, Passion Translation has become one of the fastest selling Bibles in many of the denominations within the Christian community. So, I know what he's doing is starting to get traction and it is starting to spread like wildfire because people are connecting with it in a way that is unique. And it's, it has to be from this guy's experience. He's lived with God and he's had to depend on God in ways that I don't think most of us ever had to or ever will have to. Yeah. Well, for those of you, we hope that this interview has inspired you and to learn more about Brian Simmons. Now, we're going to have the links to the Passion Bible, the project that he's working on, as well as to his ministry. They'll all be in our show notes, which you can find at boldideapodcast.com slash five, because we're at episode number five. Five. (laughs) Boom. 
Well, five. <laughs> five. <Dot> o. <laughs> Forget I said five O. We're at episode number five. So we love your comments on our show. Be sure to leave a comment at boldideapodcast.com slash five and help us spread the word about this podcast. And we want to inspire you with it. And Armin, take us out of here. Give us a final thought. If you're in the midst of pursuing a bold idea, if you're even questioning it, and maybe you're even struggling, I I, I want to just summarize and repeat something that Brian said. He said, when all odds are against you, you keep going because you know where this idea, where this call started. And if it started with God, then you know God is going to be the one that finishes it, no matter what the odds are that are against you. Even if you lack money, even if you lack resources, relationships, it does not matter. What God started, God will finish. So if you're in the struggle, keep going. God's for you, so what can be against you? Thank you for joining us. See you next week. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com.